Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians, the letter of Paul to the Corinthians, his second letter. As we begin this great new study tonight that I'm very excited to share with you. As we begin this study, every book of the Bible offers a unique contribution to the overall revelation that God gives us. And 2 Corinthians is no exception. If there was one theme that sort of runs through the entire book of 2 Corinthians, it would be this. That no matter what you and I are ever going to face in life, no matter what trials, difficulties, sufferings come our way, we can triumph in Jesus Christ. In fact, a key verse of the entire book is 2 Corinthians 2.14, where Paul says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and who makes known through us the fragrance that consists of the knowledge of Him in every place. We're going to see, starting tonight, that life can certainly be full of pressure and pain and all kinds of things. And yet, instead of this being a book of despair and discouragement, there's actually a a ringing note of encouragement and triumph and victory that runs throughout the book because basically Paul is saying, by looking at his own life and testimony, look at all that I've been through for the sake of Jesus Christ. And yet God has brought me through every last thing. And I am triumphing. In spite of all these things, I'm on top. I'm, I'm experiencing the grace of God and I'm walking with God and nothing that the world can ever do to me or my spiritual enemy Satan can ever do to me can ever bring down that triumph that I can have in Jesus Christ. So I hope starting tonight that even though Like tonight, we're going to be talking about suffering and pressure and pain and all of this, that we will see through this, again, Paul's note of encouragement and triumph in the midst of it all. In fact, I want to do something here at the very beginning that sort of, I think, lays a great foundation for where we're headed throughout our study of 2 Corinthians. One of the other unique things about 2 Corinthians is this. It portrays the Apostle Paul in his most in a most human way. And what I mean by that is a lot of Christians, you know, when they think of the Apostle Paul and when they read his letters and they read about Paul and stuff, we almost can can put Paul on a pedestal and begin to think that this guy was some super Christian and superhuman and and he had to be different than us and, and he didn't struggle with the same things that we all struggle with. Second Corinthians brings out Paul's humanness like no other book. In fact, throughout this book, one of the things that Paul lays out for us is what he has endured or what he is enduring for the sake of Christ and for the calling of God on his life. I'll direct your attention, first of all, in chapter 1 to verse 8, where he says, We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction that happened to us in the province of Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of living. Indeed, we felt as if the sentence of death had been passed on us. If you go over to uh, chapter 2, look at verses 12 and 13 for just a moment. 
He says, now when I arrived in Troas to proclaim the gospel of Christ, even though the Lord had opened the door of opportunity for me, I had no relief in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and set out for Macedonia. Go over to chapter 4 for just a moment. And notice what Paul says beginning in verse 8. He says, we are experiencing trouble on every side, but are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are knocked down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our body. Go over with me, please, to chapter 6. Notice what he says in verse 4. As God's servants, we have commended ourselves in every way with great endurance, in persecutions, in difficulties, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in riots, in troubles, in sleepless nights, in hunger. How about chapter 5? Look at verse, or excuse me, chapter 7, verse 5. He says, even when we came into Macedonia, our body had no rest at all, but we were troubled in every way. Struggles from the outside, fears from within. Just a couple more. If you go over to chapter 9, I believe that's where I want you to go. No, I'm sorry. Let's go over to chapter 11. I'm going to begin in verse 24. Paul says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with the rod. Once I received a stoning. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and day I spent adrift in the open sea. I've been on journeys many times, in dangers from rivers, in dangers from robbers, in dangers from my own countrymen, in dangers from Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in dangers in the wilderness, in dangers at sea, and dangers from false brothers. But then finally, look at chapter 12, the middle of verse 9. He says, so then, I will boast most gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may reside in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with troubles, with persecutions and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. One of the things you and I see through all these passages of scriptures, and I could have turned to others in just this book, is that Paul's life in serving Christ was no picnic at all. It was rough. And one of the things we learn from that is this. The more you and I want to be used by God, the more we will suffer. I know, a hush came over the room. Because you and I need to, we need to take that in. See, one of the things that people talk about all the time is how greatly God used Paul. Man, Paul just, he, he did amazing things for God. He was used by God in phenomenal ways. But when you read this, and this was not an exhaustive list of all that Paul went through as a servant of Christ, you see, wow! Though he was used greatly by God, look at all the suffering that he went through. Look at all the pain that he went through. Because one of the things that 
Paul is going to say to us is this. We have got to grow to the point and allow God to grow us and mature us. And that's why another theme of 2 Corinthians really is growing into spiritual maturity because it's only from a mature Christian perspective that we are willing to say, Jesus, my life isn't about me and my purposes and my will and what I want. When I became a believer and I gave you my life, I said that you are not just my Savior, that you are my Lord. And, and my life is now not my own. It's yours. I've been bought with the price. And therefore, it needs to be all about you. And if God has a purpose somehow, either in our life or in someone else's life, of allowing suffering to come so that He can use us in a greater way, Paul would say, bring it on. But many Christians today... They want the easy life. They, they, they want a life that, where they run to comfort. And yet Jesus even said, if you truly want to be my disciple, not someone who's a Christian, but if you truly want to be my disciple, you and I have to be willing to deny self, take up our cross daily, and follow Him. And we all know from Sunday's message what it means to take up a cross. And so that's one of the great things that Paul wants to lay out for us here. The more we desire to be used by God, the more we will probably endure suffering. But through it all, as in Paul's case, he triumphed. As he walked with Christ, he saw that God brought him through everything and used him in amazing ways to touch and impact other people's lives. Which is why, let's finally, after that long introduction, go back to chapter 1. Now, most of the time, like in the last 24 weeks when we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, I handed out an outline and all of that. I didn't feel led to do that this time. In fact, here's what I'd like to encourage you to do, even you note-takers, even you studious note-takers, is listen to what the Spirit is saying through His Word, and don't try to take all of this information that we're going to be sharing with you each week in. It's impossible to take all of this in. But what I encourage Christians to do, especially when you're in a Bible study like this, is just to ask the Spirit, Spirit, what are a couple things that you really want me to grab a hold of? What are a couple things that you really want to focus my attention on? And really cling to those and focus on those. And if you want to write those down or whatever, that's fine. And I'm certainly not discouraging you from writing notes or taking notes, but I'm saying... Don't try to take all of this information in each week. It will probably be overwhelming. But say, Spirit, what's a couple things that you really want me to get out of this passage of Scripture? So back to the beginning of the book, 2 Corinthians. Paul gives a sort of a normal introduction. He says, this is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he begins the main body of this letter with praise. With praise. 
After all that he's been through, after all that he's going through, after all the Corinthians are going through, guess what Paul starts with? Praise. The word blessed is actually an Old Testament word. It means to praise and celebrate God. And Paul is going to begin to share with the Corinthians and us why we can celebrate God even in the midst of pain and suffering and trial and tribulation that happens in our life. Here's why Paul says we can praise and celebrate God. Because our God, the one and only true God, the God that is revealed in the Bible, is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is also the Father of mercies. The word mercies here means compassion and pity. Our God is a God of compassion and pity upon human beings. The Bible says He knows that we are but dust. He created us. He knows our limitations. He understands that. Better than you and I probably ever imagined Him. He knows us better than we even know ourselves. So He does have compassion and pity upon us. But Paul goes on to say He is also not only the Father of mercies, He's the God of not just some comfort, Remember, all means all, and that's all all means in the Bible. And sometimes we skip over some of the most important words, or we don't get some of the most important words because they're so small. And Paul says, our God is the God of all comfort. In other words, without limit. There's no, there's no end to the comfort that God can give into our lives. No wonder Paul starts out by saying, we need to praise and celebrate and bless God because He is a God who is willing to come near to us and help us and support us in the midst of what we're going through. That's what the word comfort means. It's the Greek word paraklesis, which is very near to the to the Greek word parakaleo, where we get the idea of comforter. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is the comforter who will come And this word paraklesis is obviously related to that very closely. And it simply means one who wants to come near to us and help and support. So notice here what Paul's saying. Paul says, unlike any other God that's ever been invented in the mind of man, even gods today that people worship around the world, that really have no compassion on human beings, and certainly won't come near them to help or support them when times are tough, these gods are pretty distant and cold and and just sort of, we're just sort of left on our own. When you believe in those gods, those false gods, it's a pretty depressing and hopeless place to be because they will teach that these gods really don't have a lot of personal concern or care about you as a human being. You're pretty much on your own. Not the God of the Bible. Not the one and true God. He is someone that even though He is God, He is Lord, He is Creator, that He is willing and desires and wants to come near to us and help us and support us in the midst of what we're going through. Oh folks, He won't necessarily keep us from the difficulties. Because again, He has a higher purpose for it. And that's where our faith has to come in. 
That's where we have to realize, I'm not living this life as a Christian now for me. It's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. In fact, Paul even brings this out in the first couple verses that we just read. When he told the Corinthians, I'm an apostle by the will of God. The word will means a determined purpose of God. It wasn't Paul's idea to be an apostle. It was God's idea. It was his determined purpose. And as a Christian, we are to live the purposes of God. That's what the word saint means in verse... One, when he says this is written with all the saints, the word saint means one who is set apart for God's purposes. That's what you and I are. We are the saints of God. Therefore, God has set us apart for his purposes. And as the Bible says, many times his ways are not our ways. His purposes would not be our purposes. But whose purposes and whose will and whose desires are we living for as Christians? Do we accept Christ as our Savior and then say, Okay, God, you saved me. I'm not going to hell now. I know I'm going to heaven, but now I got it from here. My life is my own now. You know, thank you for saving me, but I'm going to live life the way I want to and do what I want to do. And the message of the Bible is that we've been bought with a great price. That we are not our own when we become Christians. Therefore, it's not about our purposes and our desire and our will anymore. It's about God's purposes and desire. And many times those purposes have to do with taking us through trials and taking us through pain and taking us through suffering. Because there's many things that both God can do in our lives and do through our lives to touch other people's lives that could never happen if God did not allow these things to happen and take us through them. Again, Paul would say, I'm not saying I had an easy life, but I triumphed through everything because of Christ. And so I'm not discouraged or in despair about all the things that I've went through as a servant of Jesus Christ. I have seen how God has taken my pain and put purpose to it. I've seen how God has taken my suffering and all the things that I've went through as an apostle of Jesus Christ and how He has used it to draw me closer to Him and how He has used it to magnify my ministry in other people's lives. And every time, Paul said, that I went through anything, God was always there. He is the God of all comfort. And every time I needed Him, He was there. If, if you and I don't resist his comfort, if we are willing to receive his comfort, Paul tells us the God of all comfort will be there. And God himself will minister to us in a way that no other human being can. Because human beings, we appreciate their ministry in our lives, but many times we are so feeble in any way to try to bring some kind of comfort to other human beings. A lot of times, especially when tragedy happens, all we can do is weep with each other and hold each other and pray with each other. But the God of all comfort has a ministry on a whole other level. Allow God to come into the midst of your suffering and the difficulties and trials and tribulations you're going through and allow Him to comfort you. His presence coming near you to help and support will comfort you like no one or nothing else can. And then Paul writes this in verse 4. He comforts us. He comes near to help and support us in all our troubles. By the way, that word trouble is a great Greek word. It's the word thalipus. It means crushing pressure. We live in a world where 
You hear the word pressure all the time. Air pressure, water pressure, barometric pressure, <laughs> pressure under fire. We live in a world of pressure. Just by being alive on this earth, we will experience pressure. There will be times where it feels like, you know, our life and, and, and things are closing in and beginning to apply pressure to our lives. And so Paul is going to lay this out later, but basically what God wants to do is to come into our life through these pressures and build up an internal strength that is greater than any pressure that could come externally from the outside. Again, God's purpose is not to take pressure off all the time or to, to have us escape the pressure because it is through the pressure that we can be refined and become stronger. As the Bible says, God refines us as silver. Do you know how hot silver has to be to be refined? It's like 1,600 degrees. It's pretty hot. But that's the way you get all the impurities out. And so He comforts us in all our crushing pressures. Notice so that we may be able to comfort those experiencing any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The word able here is the key word in verse 4. It means to have a mindset, a capability, and a capacity that is increased. In other words, think about what Paul's saying. He's saying, look, if God allows you and me to go through crushing pressures and suffering and pain and trial and tribulation, He will be there. And He will comfort us. And He will help us to triumph through it. So that, first of all, so that then once we go through a time of suffering, we are more able, we are more, more fit we have a greater sensitivity to those who are suffering in any way around us. We know that to be true. If you've ever went through a particular kind of suffering, you are way more sensitive to someone going through that same suffering than if you never went through that at all. No matter how much you and I may try to identify, sympathize, empathize with somebody who's going through a really hard time, unless you and I have been through it, it's really hard to connect. But when you and I have been through something, it's really much more, uh, we are much more able to minister to somebody because if nothing else, they can look across the table at us and know they get it. They know exactly how I'm feeling because they've been through the same thing. And then we can share with them listen, it was awful. But God got me through. God helped me to heal. God brought me through that. And if God can bring me through, He can bring you through as well. That's what the word able means. I saw this fleshed out in my own family. Many of you know this story. With my own parents growing up. My brother and sister both died before I was born of a rare disease. My parents had to bury my brother at the age of four and my sister when she was two years old. And yet my parents, who loved the Lord, allowed the God of all comfort to comfort them. And after that, 
I came along. Wow, that, anyway, we won't go into that. And they were used by God to bring comfort to other parents who lost children. One of the reasons why is they had such an increased sensitivity to that. And those parents who were going through the same heartache that my parents, they knew. Because they knew that they had gone through the same thing and there was a connection there. There was an ability there to be able to bring some kind of comfort, if nothing else, to say, I can identify with what you're going through and somehow, some way, God brought me through. Let's talk about the whole capacity here. Capability. You see, God will allow us sometimes to go through suffering and pressure and pain and all that so that it increases our capacity to be able to minister to other people. It gives us a greater platform. It gives us greater sensitivity. It gives us greater practical experience by going through it ourselves and seeing how God brought us through so that when we run into other people in our lives who are going through very similar circumstances, like God, we can come alongside of them, put our arm around them and say, I get it. Let's talk. Let's pray. Let's cry together. But I get it. This is one of the great reasons why God allows suffering in our lives. Because living in this fallen world, there will be pain and suffering. There will be pressure. There is no escape of that. We live in a fallen world. And so one of the things that the God of mercy and comfort wants to do is equip at least His people, if nobody else, to equip His people and make them fit to be able to minister to others on a level and at a depth that maybe other people can't. Because they never allowed the God of all comfort to take them through anything. They tried to go through it on their own. Then Paul says this, verse 5. He says, For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow toward us. In other words, don't miss what Paul's saying. He's saying, We're going to suffer just because we're Christians. And because we are identified with Christ. And the word overflow means to fall in large measure. So in other words, just like Paul's testimony here in 2 Corinthians, his life serving Christ was not an easy life at all. But notice what Paul says. Just as the sufferings of Christ overflow toward us, so also our comfort through Christ overflows to you. The word overflow here in the context of Christ is that whatever suffering we go through, and I'm going to use a, I'm going to use this illustration. It's probably not the best one, but it's the only one that pops into my head. You go into the hospital nowadays, and one of the questions they ask you is, Jeff, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pain are you in? Okay, if you know me, I'm going to say 10 no matter what. Ten, give me pain medicine. I'm a wimp. But anyway, they'll ask you how much pain you're going through. So what Paul's saying in verse 5 is this. If I'm going through, say, a trial, and on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 7 as far as how bad it is or how intense it is, then Paul says, Christ's comfort will always exceed that. can always count on the comfort that God gives 
or the comfort that is available to us through Christ to always exceed whatever the level of trial is that we go through. So again, no matter what we face in life, no matter what we go through, the comfort that God wants to bring into our life through His personal ministry is always going to be greater, always going to be able to exceed whatever we go through. See, uh, unlike what many people say when they misquote 1 Corinthians 10 as Christians and say, you know, I thought the Bible told me that God wouldn't allow me to go through anything that I couldn't handle. That's actually misquoting that verse. What that verse teaches is actually consistent with what Paul's teaching here. That what God does say is, if I allow you to go through something, then I will always give you a grace that we sung about tonight that is greater than anything that you're going through so that you can handle it, so that you can get through it, so that you can triumph through it. Because again, God's purpose, as we've already seen here, is not to discourage us or destroy us through the trials of life. It's to bring us through these things so that then we have a greater sensitivity and capacity and capability to be able to minister to others on a level that we never could if we never went through the things that God wants to take us through. So in verse 6, he says, if we are afflicted, this word means to be pressed hard upon as grapes. It was used in, in this culture when they would take the grapes and crush them into wine. And Paul's saying, sometimes our life, that's the way it feels. We're a grape, and we're getting crushed. Paul says, but we, if we are afflicted, notice, it is for your comfort and salvation. In other words, God is using the pressure that I'm going through to somehow one day encourage and help and support you. Wow, if we could keep that in mind, but let's face it, especially if we're not in a good place spiritually, if we're in an unhealthy place spiritually, when we start to go through trials in our life, the focus isn't on, boy, this is going to help me minister to other people down the road. It's all about us. And we become very self-focused and we begin to feel sorry for ourselves and have pity parties and ask God, why am I going through this? Because our mindset is, is totally skewed and Paul is trying to get them to see this was the kind of mindset that God had to build into my life so that I could go through everything that I shared with you and still be on top of the world with Christ and not let anything destroy me or define me or get me down. Because we can always triumph in Christ. No matter what life brings to us. Because one of the reasons God allows suffering is to make us be able to minister to others in a more effective way. He says in verse 6, if we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Here the word comfort literally means to be fortified. So Paul's saying, if God fortifies us, then it is for your fortification. In other words, then we can come along and somehow we can be a support to you in a way we never could had we not went through what we went through. Then he goes on to say, if we are comforted, it is for your comfort that you experience in your patient endurance of the same sufferings that we also suffer. Here's a key, folks. Verse 6. The goal of it all, really, 
a mark of spiritual maturity is that God wants to build into our lives patient endurance. The word means steadfastness, sustaining perseverance. Think of it this way. God wants to train us and build us up through our spiritual growth so that all of us as his children can be spiritual marathoners. Not sprinters. Marathoners. But when Christians lack growth and maturity in their life, and the pressure begins to come into their life, they either throw up their hands and give up and say, I quit, or God just get me out of this, or become bitter against God, all kinds of things. But Paul says, here's what God's goal is. God's goal is to build into our lives through what He takes us through a patient endurance so that we keep running this marathon. And no matter how much sometimes it hurts, God wants to build up such spiritual strength in our lives that like those marathoners, they can begin to break through those walls during the race when their body says, I just want to quit. And God is saying to us, don't quit. Let me comfort you. Let me bring you through this because you're going to be stronger for it. And then you're going to have such a patient endurance that the next time something comes into your life, you're going to be able to break through that barrier a lot quicker and a lot easier than you did this one. Because what God is trying to do in our lives, through our life, is to prepare us and fit us for what He knows is coming. And He knows that life is going to bring pressure and trial and tribulation and suffering into our life. And so because He's a God of compassion and comfort, He's only trying to make us more fit. The problem is, many Christians don't want to go through the discipline of what it takes to become a spiritually fit Christian who is running the marathon. Many Christians are sprinters. Man, they get started really good and they'll last for a while, but then they drop off. And they they don't have that spiritual stamina. They don't have that sustaining power to keep on doing and going in the direction that God wants them to go. Folks, tonight, God wants to build up that patient endurance in your life and continue to make you a spiritual marathon runner. Then he says, verse 7, And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you share in our sufferings... Notice Paul is really saying, as Christians, we, we have a fellowship of suffering. That's really even what the church is. It's a fellowship of suffering. That instead of competing with each other and saying, well, what I'm going through is worse than what you're going through, and trying to always one-up each other, obviously they weren't going through exactly what Paul went through. But Paul's saying, in the end, it's all suffering. It all affects us. It's all something that we feel, and, and, and the goal is always the same with God, that He wants to increase our patient endurance no matter what we go through. So in a sense, we live in a fellowship of suffering, and we share that together. But Paul is confident because he says, just as we know that you share in our sufferings, you also will share in our comfort. 
Whatever comfort we've experienced by God, we know God's going to show up and comfort you too. We are confident of that, Paul says. And then at the end of our passage tonight, notice he shares a personal testimony. Beginning in verse 8, what we read earlier, he says, We do not want you to be unaware, ignorant, lack understanding, brothers and sisters, regarding the affliction, the crushing pressure that happened to us in the province of Asia. That we were burdened, the word means weighed down excessively, beyond, more than, over our strength. The word strength means power, ability, resources. So that we despaired even of living. The word despair here is a great word. It means we're utterly at a loss. How we people would say it today is, I got nothing. That's where Paul was. That's where his companions were. They were going through such a terrible time in Asia. It was over their heads. There was nothing within them that they had to handle what they were going through. You ever been there? Sure you have. We've all been there. We have all been taken through times in our life with God where something we went through was so over our heads that we did not have the strength, the ability, the resources to be able to handle it. In fact, we were at a loss to even know what to do. Paul goes on to say in verse 9, indeed we felt as if we would die, is basically what he said. Wow. The Apostle Paul basically said, we thought, this is it. We're dead. So that, don't miss this, verse 9. So that we would not trust in ourselves. So that we would not have confidence in ourselves. So that we would not continue to live our life in a self-reliant way. I got this, God. I can handle it. I can somehow deal with it. I'll figure it out, God. God says, sorry, child. It's bigger than you. You can try all you want to. All you're going to do is you're going to destroy yourself in trying to handle this on your own. It's bigger than you. And why is it even as Christians that we have such a hard time humbling ourselves and getting rid of our pride and saying to God, God, this is bigger than me. I need you. I want you. And Paul said that's exactly what happened to them. He said we had to learn that we would not trust or rely on ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Wow. Paul says, why are we trying to rely on ourselves to figure this out when we have a God in our life who raises the dead? In other words, nothing's impossible for Him. Nothing's too hard for Him. Nothing in life or that ever happens in the world somehow stumps God. There is no moment in the existence of God in heaven where something happens on earth and God has a split second up there where it's like, I got nothing. God never does that. In fact, for God, it's not hard at all. It only becomes harder and harder when we try to do it on our own without God. Even though we have God. Even though He's the God of mercy and comfort and wants to comfort us and come near and help and support. He's teaching us, don't Rely on yourself. Rely on me. I'm here. 
And then Paul goes on to give a testimony. He says, He delivered us from so great a risk of death, and He will deliver us again. We have set our hope on Him that He will deliver us. As you also join in helping us by prayer so that many people may give thanks to God on our behalf for the gracious gift given to us through the help of many. Notice Paul is also saying that what we have been going through only promotes the prayer of the saints and the praise of the saints. Because as they see how God is taking us through this, it only causes them to praise and celebrate a God like that. Who is the God of all comfort. And who comforts us in all our tribulation. I want to end with this though. This is, this is awesome to me. Verse 10. Go back to the word delivered. When Paul says God delivered them. The word literally means he drew us to himself. Wow. Wow. That's a picture I want you to keep in the forefront of your mind. See, God's deliverance isn't necessarily to take the challenge away, to take the trial away, to help us escape. No. What God wants us to learn to do is to trust Him enough that whatever we go through, no matter how bad or horrific or terrible or even how long it lasts, that God wants through that to draw us to Himself and basically teach each of us however long it takes. I got you. And I will carry you, Jeff, through this no matter how long it lasts. And my presence will be with you. I am here to come near and help. And I am drawing you to myself. And that's the way God wants to deliver us. Not by necessarily taking us out of the situation, but by drawing us to Himself in the midst of the situation. It's what God wants to do in our lives. You see, Paul is saying, you know one of the reasons why God allows these things? Because He wants us to draw near to Him. Let's face it. If we're honest, a lot of times even as Christians... God can get pretty distant pretty quick. We can go through our days with not much thought about God, not thinking about God, not reading His Word, not fellowshipping with other Christians. Our, our spiritual life can get pretty sloppy and pretty complacent pretty quickly. But then all of a sudden, some crisis or trial comes into our life, and all of a sudden, many of us just sort of wake up and go, Whoa! I need to get back to church. I need to start reading the Bible. I need to start praying. I need to start connecting with God because I feel a distance and I don't like it. And Paul's saying that's the same thing God did with us. He tried to destroy our self-reliance and all He wanted to do was draw us to ourself and show us that whatever we're going to face in life, with us in His hands, with with us cradled in His arms, there is nothing in this life that we can't get through. That's why Paul could say to the Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's why Paul could say to the Romans, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. That's why Paul could say to the Corinthians, we can always triumph in Christ. Because it doesn't matter so much what is the pain, 
What is the circumstance? What is the trial? What is the suffering we're going through? What really matters is, are we allowing God to comfort us? Are we drawing closer to Him? Are we allowing Him to carry us through it? Or are we trying to get through it on our own? Let's bow our heads tonight as we close in prayer. Here's what I'd like to ask tonight. Something a little bit different. First of all, any of us here tonight, here's what we need to be reminded of. God wants to draw us to Himself. Bottom line. He wants to draw us to Himself. In the good times and in the difficult times, God wants to draw us to Himself. And tonight what I'd like to do is just offer, don't do this very often, but I just feel led to do this tonight. People have their heads bowed, their eyes closed. Only I am looking around. I just want to ask tonight, is there anyone here tonight? You never have to share with me exactly what it is, whatever. But, but tonight, you would like to say, Pastor Jeff, I'm going through some kind of pressure right now in my life. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through a really difficult time. And I would very much covet your prayers for me. I'm dealing with a situation that is bigger than me. And I would very much like to ask you to pray for me. Notice at the end of this passage, Paul appreciated the prayers of the Corinthians on his behalf. One of the things that going through tough times does is promote prayer and praise. So tonight, if there's anyone here tonight, just raise your hand. You don't have to keep it up too long. Just let me see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I think I have all those. Anyone else? Pastor Jeff, yes, thank you, thank you. Pray for me as I go through this difficult circumstance that I will allow God to comfort me, that I will allow God to build in me a patient endurance, that I will learn not to rely upon myself and my own wits and my own resources, but I will learn to rely more and more on God who simply wants to draw me to Himself in the midst of what I'm going through. Anyone else before we close? Thank you. Thank you. So many tonight. Folks, I really believe that God led me to the study of this book because I really believe it's going to minister to us. And so I thank you for coming out tonight. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You that You're not a God that's distant. You're not a God that is cold and uncaring. You are the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And unlike every other God that's ever been created in the mind of man, You are a God who truly cares and wants to come near us when we're going through hard times. And You want to minister to us on a level that only You can. God, I pray tonight, especially for these folks who raised their hands, but Lord, for all of us, that we would begin to see You in a new light. 
that the revelation that Paul brought to the Corinthians and now brings to us, Lord, would maybe open up a whole new perspective for us on suffering and why God allows it. But God, most of all tonight, especially for those who raise their hands, I pray that they would just sense Your love for them tonight. That they would sense You wrapping Your arms around them and wanting to comfort them. Wanting to draw them to Yourself. May they, Lord, in the days ahead, sense Your power and Your presence in their life like never before. May they just know, God, by faith that You are near them, supporting them every step of the way, even carrying them, Lord. And Lord, help us too to see that suffering and pain and trial and tribulation never is an end to itself. There's always a higher purpose. Both in our lives and in how You want to use us, Lord, to impact and influence other people's lives. You want to build into us a greater sensitivity a greater capability, a greater capacity to minister to others and encourage them. And the only way, Lord, we can ever do that effectively is by allowing You to carry us through times of suffering in our own life. So that when we look into the eyes of those others who are going through very similar experiences, we can tell them, our God is what brought us through. And God can bring you through as well. God, tonight, use this message. Continue to impress these truths upon our hearts this week. And Lord, if we have an opportunity to come alongside of someone and encourage them in some way and pray with them in some way because they're going through a hard time, Lord, make us sensitive and make us available. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, God bless you for being here tonight. We'll see you on Sunday.